What's going on? Yark's here. Welcome to the super mega awesome ultra deluxe fantastic holiday special of the year ever period exclamation mark bonanza. Don't ask me to repeat that. <laughs> Welcome to York Stocks. How we doing? Christmas Eve. Crazy. December 24th. It is Thursday. Hope everybody is having a solid week so far. Hope you're getting that. All your, I actually hope that all your Christmas shopping is done. All of that stuff. I'm excited for tomorrow. Should be a good time. Uh, my, my mom really likes uh, Christmas Eve. Especially we normally have... I, I think most people have a Christmas Eve dinner. Maybe not. Uh, but we normally have like ham and scalloped potatoes, things like that. And then we have a Christmas Day dinner on top of that. So leftovers for the next week incoming at our house. So that's pretty cool. But I hope everybody's staying safe and things like that. Today's episode, we got a little bit of everything. It's kind of a mixed bag for the Christmas Eve bonanza <laughs> today. We're going to be talking NBA. We had the first uh, first games for a lot of players. We had some debuts, had some uh, buzzer beaters. I had one. And we had, uh, you know, good play overall. You know, I, you know, I was able to tune in to see at least highlights, if not watch some of the games. And, uh, yeah, I'm excited for this season. A lot of storylines there. And then after we talk about basket hoops, we're going to preview all of the NFL action for week 16. Crazy, right? Almost done with the regular season in the NFL. So we'll preview that, and uh, then we'll get out of here. And we'll have a, a good, hopefully, uh, you know, everybody has a good Christmas or a good holiday. If you've already celebrated Hanukkah, Mazel Tov. Uh, and you'll, I don't know, what you, what do you do on the 25th? Is that just a normal Friday for you? Because normally things are shut down. Everybody's close closes early, so I yeah I don't know. Hope I'm not being disrespectful there. <laughs> Before we get into the action, did want to plug the social media as always. What's I mean? Come on, there's always commercialism come holiday time, and so this is my version of that. Hey, you can follow me on Twitter at John Yerks. You can also you can also follow the I'm so excited Christmas Eve. You can also follow the podcast on Instagram at Talks for that. You can also follow on Spotify and subscribe to Apple Podcasts. Okay, let's talk basket hoops. So, a lot of games last night. Not going to go, you know, step by step through all of them, talk about each game really in depth, but I did want to highlight all of them because it was the first, you know, it was the, well, two games yesterday was the actual, like, tip-off of the season, but then the rest of the teams played so, well, except the Rockets and who did who were they supposed to play? Oh, I don't remember. I think it was the Thunder. So those two teams didn't play because James Harden's an idiot. All right, anywho, let's get back. Oh, speaking of him, uh, so the next game would be Saturday for the Rockets. So hopefully they're hoping that he'll test negative and then he'll be able to play. But yeah, I, I detailed his shenanigans in yesterday's episode if you want to go check that out but today 
you know, or last night rather, you know, some pretty good games. Uh, you know, again, we're just going to kind of quickly run through here, talk about what went down. So, in no particular order, the Cavs, the Cleveland Cavaliers, they beat the Hornets 121 to 114. This is a part of the show where we name a bunch of NBA players and then you at home go, who the hell is that? Uh, to be honest with you, I also was like that as well. I like there's some players speaking of the Cavaliers where I have no idea who they are. Their leading scorer last night was Colin Sexton. No idea who that is. I had to look him up. He had 27 points for the Cavs. Uh, the Hornets, again, I don't think they're going to be very good this year, but they have a couple of solid players, one of which Terry Rozier. If you don't remember, he was on the Celtics for about four or five seasons. Then this is his second season in Charlotte. He had 42 points last night. Get this. 10 of 16 from three. That's insane. 30 points from beyond the arc in a loss, which is unfortunate. Uh, Gordon Hayward made his debut last night, former Celtic as well. He had 28. Uh, You know, they probably should have won this game, but they didn't get any production from their third overall pick in this year's draft. Again, he's a rookie. He's very young, but um, LaMelo Ball went 0 for 5. He did have three assists, though, but three turnovers as well. Um, Isaac Okoro, who was the fifth overall pick in this draft for the Cavaliers, he had a good night, 11 points, and five times as a small forward. Get yours, buddy. So, yeah, uh, that was that game. Wasn't anything super interesting, but just wanted to highlight. Like I said, we're going to highlight all the games today in the super spectacular Christmas Eve special. All right, the Knicks, <laughs> they lose to the Pacers. What else is new? Oh, the Knicks. Oh, boy. 121 to 107. That was the final score. Uh, the rookie, Oban Toppin, nine points. He had a couple boards, a couple blocks. He looked he looked good. Watch some of the highlights of his game. For the Pacers, and I just wanted to pronounce his name, Donatus Sabonis. <laughs> it sounds like a character in Semi-Pro, like Vakitis. <laughs> if you haven't seen that movie with Will Ferrell, Woody Harrelson, it is. Oh, Andre 3000, fantastic. Strongly recommend. If you're tired of the Christmas movies already, go watch Semi-Pro. It, actually, I don't know if it's on any streaming sites. It's gotta be, right? I, I, I'd have to check, but fantastic movie. But Donatus Sabonis, 32 points to go with his 13 rebounds. Victor Oladipo put in 22 as well. Uh, yeah, I just feel bad for the Knickerbockers. I like their coach a lot, Tom Thibodeau, former Bo- uh, Bulls coach. Then he was on the Timber. Then he coached the Timberwolves for a little bit couple years there and uh, yeah i think that he can really establish a culture there the the one thing that they'll figure out this season is they'll eventually be playing solid defense but they might not have the players to stop everyone also the league is different where you shoot more freeze threes it's higher scoring uh so although a team could be very good defensively the scoreline might not always uh, represent that Poor, poor, poor Knicks. The Heat, they lost their opener to the Orlando Magic, another team where if I were to name their players, you'd be like, who the hell is on that team? So we won't even do it. I think that they, uh, they're going to have to, somebody else is going to have to emerge for Miami because they lost Jay Crowder to the Suns this offseason. You expect more production from Duncan Robinson um, and Tyler Hero, but uh, Goran Dragic, he's getting a year older. Jimmy Butler, you know, it, it was a huge season for him last year. 
he probably still hasn't physically recovered from that. And so they're going to need some other pieces. Bomb out of bio as well. He was great last night, 25 points, 11 rebounds. So we'll see. I mean, this is not – again, I think they'll be um, competitive in the East, but they're going to need somebody else besides Crowder to step up for them on both sides of the court. Russell Westbrook. So I was interested to see how he was going to do. He had a triple-double in his debut for the Wizards, 21 points, 11 rebounds, and 15 assists. Again, when I was making the comparison between Westbrook and John Wall, it's not that Westbrook can't pass the ball, and he normally gets a lot of assists, but I I think it was an upgrade for Houston because John Wall is a – he's your, like, standard point guard. Right where he runs the offense, whereas like Russell Westbrook just kind of does his isolation thing, drives to the hole and then kicks out. Where John Rawl can like separate, you know, runs the play. He's the general out there. I don't really see Russell Westbrook in that role. I think he's just kind of doing his own thing. But I mean, that was great. I mean, fifteen assists last night. That's incredible. You're thinking, oh, did the Wizards win this game? Uh, no, and they uh, they lost to the 76ers, one thirteen to one hundred seven. Other than Westbrook, you have Bradley Beal, who had a great night. He had 31 points, but that is it. That Washington lineup is horrendous. They don't have any points. They can't score. It is terrible. Uh, For the 76ers, Joel Embiid, 29 points, 14 rebounds. Nice little dub-dub in his uh, season opener. Ben Simmons almost had a triple-double in this one. 16 points, 9 rebounds, and 7 assists. Shake Milton off the bench for Philly. I just wanted to say his name. Again, um, uh, some of these names I don't understand. You know, if you're from Europe, right, we talked about Donatus Sabonis for the Pacers. But, I mean, who's naming their kids Shake? I don't get it. But Shake Milton, he had 19 points for the 76ers off the bench. Well, good. Again, Philly was all about trusting the process three, four years ago. Uh, we're we're losing faith in that process. They, uh, you know, I don't know if they have all the pieces to really compete in the East, but when Embiid and Simmons are healthy, they're a very good team. The Phoenix Suns, it's a team I'm really excited about watching this year. I think the addition of Chris Paul is going to be great. They beat the Mavericks 106 to 102. Speaking of Dallas, though, Luka Doncic. Oh man, if you haven't seen this kid play. He is phenomenal. I believe he just turned 20. How old is Luka Doncic? Real quick, we're going to look. I should have looked it up, but I thought it's one of those where you think that you know the the fact, and then you come, you go to recording, and maybe I have, like, I have a little bit more energy today, Christmas Eve. He, he turned 21 in February. So, God, he's just sensational. Uh, so he had 32 points last night. He tried eight rebounds, five assists. Uh, he did struggle. I say struggle. He had 32 points, but he was 11 of 26 from the field. 0 for six from three. Uh, you got to remember no unicorn yet for the Mavericks. Christos Porzingis. He just continues to be injury prone. Uh, who knows? I don't know when he's going to play. He might, might be missing a couple weeks, but yeah, he tried his best. There's really not a lot of depth, but, um, after Porzingis on that team. But, uh, you know, so, yeah, he, he tried. He just came up a little bit short. Uh, the Suns did just enough here. Devin Booker, 22 points. There's a lot of help off the bench. Jay Crowder in his debut, only four points, but had nine rebounds and four assists. And then Chris Paul, 
Only eight points, but four rebounds and five assists for him. I'm very excited to see Phoenix. There's a lot of teams that I'm looking forward to this year. The Suns is the first, but then the second one is the Atlanta Hawks. And they decimated the Bulls. This was not going to be close. Uh, Trey Young had 37 points, and he's turning into a superstar, if you didn't know already. 37 points, 6 rebounds, and 7 assists. Uh, they, yeah, I mean, the bench is, uh, the bench was good as well. All of the starters had 10 points, at least. And then you had Bogdan Bogdanovich, who the Bucks were trying to sign. They couldn't get that deal done. He was a starter. He, he is a starter in this league, but he came off the bench in this one, and he had 15. Um, this was also without no Rajon Rondo. He didn't play in this game. So something to look look for here. I don't. I mean, obviously, you're not going to get 10-plus points from your starters every game, like from all your starters every game. But they got a lot of depth. It's going to be a very interesting team in the East. They, they really could, um, you know, finish like third, third or fourth in the standings. I'd watch out for Atlanta this year. They are built to compete. I did want to touch on um, touch on the Bulls, though. They're one of the teams I root for, uh, probably the most now after um, after Kobe retired. I probably root for the the Bulls. They're probably my favorite. Uh, I wanted to mention the rookie Patrick Williams. He had 16 points in his debut. He's looked good. I watched a couple of his preseason games. He, he battles, man. He competes. He's got a ton of energy. And, uh, yeah, it's, it's been a good to see. Again, new head coach and Billy Donovan, we got to, you know, we, there's some stuff to iron out, okay? This is not a team that's going to win the win the Eastern Conference, okay? But we might sneak into a playoff spot, considering that half the teams make it in the NBA. But we got some stuff to do. We have The pieces are there. We just got to start building a foundation. Atlanta's a really good team. So, I you know. But we were getting blown out. It was it was brutal. The score we only lost by twenty. It felt like thirty or fifty, maybe. It was insane. Zion Williamson, there's a lot of buzz around him. He had a dub dub in the Pelicans' first game this season. They won one thirteen to ninety nine. Brandon Ingram, who just got that uh, contract extension, he led the way. He almost had a triple double: twenty four points, nine rebounds, and eleven assists. He's a very good player. Again, um, the Pelicans, they don't get enough. They're starting to get it because they have Zion, but Ingram is a very good player. Another team that I'm really excited to watch this year. You got uh, Rondo. You got Eric Bledsoe. I mean, this is a like the starting five is really good, and you could you could argue that they could probably go toe-to-toe with a lot of teams. So, yeah, I mean, I'm they could make some noise. There's a couple teams that I'd watch for. The Hawks the Pelicans, and the Suns. I think that these three teams could really uh, come out of nowhere and be competitive in their conferences. For the Raptors, just want to touch on them, touch on them real quick. I think they're going to really miss Serge Ibaka. The, leader, the veteran presence, the defensive ability, the occasional uh, knockdown jumper. I think like at the forward position, I think they're really going to miss him. You have Van Vliet still. You have Kyle Lowry. Uh, you have Nick Powell who emerged. You got OG Ananubi, favorite name ever. But I think that they they really um, might miss what Ibaka brought to that team. But they are really well coached. One of the best. They have the, one of the best coaches in the league, in my opinion, in Nick Nurse. Uh, it might be too early to tell, too. I mean, again, it's 
each team has only played once and we want to, you know, make over, um, over predictions. We want to, you know, we're excited basketball's back and we want to make these like bold claims and all this stuff. Um, so it could be an overreaction on my part, but I think that that could be um, a signing that they wish, or that I think that they are going to wish that they were able to hang on to Serge Ibaka. The Timberwolves beat the Pistons last night. That's that happened. Uh, the <laughs> sorry, sorry. If you're a Timberwolves fan or a Pistons fan, I, I apologize. These are two terrible teams. They're not really going anywhere. Um, I just they don't have a sense of direction right now. Is the main thing with these two teams. So yeah, uh, the Utah Jazz they beat the Trailblazers. By 20, Rudy Gobert is who I wanted to highlight here. He had 20 points and 17 rebounds, which is good. Uh, but I wanted to mention that uh, last week he signed a ridiculous extension. Five years, $205 million for Rudy Gobert, who is a career, like, 15 points, 10, like he, 10 rebound player. I mean, I, it's an insane amount of money that Utah has invested in him. They just signed their guard, Jamal Murray, as – or wait, no, Donovan Mitchell, excuse me. Jamal Murray's on the Nuggets. We'll get there. They just signed their guard, Donovan Mitchell. I almost just said Jamal Murray again. John, Donovan Mitchell to a uh, rookie max extension along with Rudy Go. I mean, they're tied into a lot of money. Donovan Mitchell, I think, could come due on that investment. But Rudy Gobert, I mean, he's just a superstar in the wrong position. Kind of like Giannis for the Bucks. I, I don't understand this at all. I, I Again, the NBA has just a different concept of money than the rest of the other sports. I, I, I People, they get away with murder. The players just get away with murder. I don't know how. His agent, hopefully, it like gets very well paid and he's on a yacht somewhere sipping some scotch with a cigar with a couple honeys around him because this i mean this is highway robbery this is like the end of fast and furious when they have all the money and they get away scot-free that's what this is i do not i don't get it i don't get how rudy gobert gets this money no idea don't understand it at all good for him good for the family stuff like that <laughs> it's insane to me i don't understand um, the Spurs, they beat the Grizzlies last night. Uh, all the starters for the Spurs had over 15 points. Crazy. Uh, I, I don't know how competitive they're going to be. I, it was just a good night. DeMar DeRozan, he had 28 points. Marcus Aldridge had 20. Former um, For those of you who don't remember Aldridge, he was a former trailblazer uh, in Portland. DeRozan was on the Raptors. Uh, again, this team kind of went downhill after... Kawhi didn't want to sign for them and moved to Toronto that one year. And, uh, yeah, they've been trying to fill the void since. I think DeRozan's a superstar, but I, I don't know if he can be a number one with Aldridge. I just don't know if they have enough depth. But, you know, good win for them. I did want to talk about for the Grizzlies. There's another team uh, outside of their superstar, not a lot of talent. Uh, but their superstar, second-year player, Ja Morant, a lot of people were saying, you know, Zion Williamson was going to be the guy to look out for. But Morant has done nothing but score buckets since he's been in the league. 44 points last night. 18 of 27 from the field. The kicker, 
He only took two threes last night. Was one of two from three. So all of those points are like pull-up jumpers, layups, things like that. Really impressive. He's a lot of fun to watch. Again, Memphis is not going to get a lot of primetime coverage this year unless they're playing a superstar team. But this kid, he's, he's great for basketball. He is sensational. Last but not least, we had two wild finishes in the NBA last night. The first, we had the Bucks taking on the Celtics. We had uh, late fourth quarter, Jason Tatum versus Giannis. Tatum's got the ball. Celtics are down. It's one-on-one. He steps back, banks in a three to go up two. So Bucks have it back, and it's like 0.4 seconds on the clock. They call a timeout that advances the ball up to half court. They inbound. Giannis Antetokounmpo goes up for an oop, and he gets fouled. So, Greek Freak at the line. If he makes two, we're going to overtime. Drains the first, bricks the second free throw. $228 million contract, folks. And he bricks the free throw. I'm just kidding. I mean, you know, it happens. You're, you're going to miss free throws. You're not going to shoot 100%. But, yeah, had an opportunity to send his team to overtime. Could not get it done. He needed 36 points last night. Giannis did. He only ended up with 35 and 13 rebounds. Chris Middleton almost had a triple-double. 27 points, 14 rebounds, and 8 assists. Drew Holiday in his debut as a buck, 25 points. He had a great night. Um, just no defense by them, really. Jason Tatum had 30. Jalen Brown had 33. Marcus Smart didn't have a lot. He only had three points, but he had seven assists. I love watching the Celtics play, man. They have a really good coach as well in Brad Stevens. I think a lot of people, um, I've had the conversation with a couple of buddies where um, basketball seems like the sport where coaching matters the least, which, I mean, you can make an argument that that's true. Less players, uh, superstars normally rule the land, things like that. But when you have a good coach in the NBA, it really stands out. So Brad Stevens, Nick Nurse, Eric Spolstra comes to mind. Um, I guess Doc Rivers before last year, uh, Greg Popovich, people like that. I'm missing some, obviously. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, those, those are the guys that are on the top of my head right now. Oh, Steve Kerr for the Warriors, stuff like that. So when you have the great coaches, they really shine. But the ones that are, you know, kind of middle of the pack or the B or Cs, they don't, they don't really – I mean, again, I don't want to downplay it. I think that they do a lot. But, you know, because superstar is so important in the NBA, no, like normally that takes precedence over whoever, whoever's coaching your team, right? I mean, when, when LeBron – well, even when he's on the Lakers right now. But when he was on the Cavs, uh, he was running that organization. Like when Tyron Lue was there, he was just like the – he was just the face, of you know the franchise, he'd take the media questions, but like LeBron had the puppet strings, right? He was running the show. But yeah, the Celtics. I'm, I mean, they're young, man. They are hungry. Jason Tatum is turning into one of the best players in the league. I love this. I love watching the Celtics scene, man. They are a lot of fun. Uh, well, mock with Milwaukee. With Milwaukee, we just got to see, man. Um, again, like Rudy Gobert, Giannis Antetokounmpo. God, I've, his name is dialed in now. I got it. Uh, he's just a superstar in the wrong position. Yeah. I mean, 35 points is great. Uh, you'd love him to be a guard and kind of work, you know, you'd love him to be like a Kevin Durant 2.0. And he might get there eventually. But right now, that's why you bring in a guy like Drew Holiday 
to handle some of the ball handling duties and also create his own offense. It's one loss out of a 71-game series, uh, season, excuse me. So it's not, I mean, you know, it's not the make-all, end-all. But uh, I, we'll see how the rest of the season turns out. Again, I, there are a lot of players that were great in the regular season and then come playoff time, they kind of shrunk. Not saying that Giannis is that, but, I mean, if Milwaukee doesn't make it to the Eastern Conference Finals this year, the people are going to start asking a lot more questions than they already – and they've already been asking questions, so something to look out there. And then the, the last game, and this was crazy down the stretch, uh, the Kings taking on the Nuggets. This game went to overtime, 10, 10 and a half seconds left. Nuggets have the ball. They're up two. Uh, it's an inbound pass. Nice, nice back door by Will Barton. He has a he has a free dunk to go up four, and then De'Aaron Fox, who also just got that rookie max extension, he says, "Not in my house, boy!" And he smacks it, blocks, gets picked up by, or gets passed up to Harrison Barnes. He dribbles, he dribbles down, makes a layup. We got game tied. Uh, there was a gr- fantastic call for uh, for this block by whoever does the commentary for um the king's radio um or is it it might be like their uh, is it their radio no it's not their radio whoever does a commentary for like uh, the king's broadcast it was fantastic because De'Aaron fox right and he was saying like no fox given like like he doesn't give a fox like no fox given. it was fantastic i'm butchering it look it up if you haven't seen it it's amazing uh, it should be on Twitter or something like that. I should have retweeted it. I did not. At John Yarks, though, for my Twitter. There we go. Uh, so we got game tied. Six and a half seconds left. Nuggets ball. They advance it to half court. And uh, they had a hard time getting the ball in. Almost at the five seconds. They try to lob it up to Nikola Jokic, their big man, their center. And I, I think I'm going to get a Jokic jersey. I really I, – I mean, he's fantastic. I love watching the big man play. Uh, it's a little high for Jokic. So that – it's like it wasn't the best pass. He has to lean back to get it with his left hand. Um, Harrison Barnes gets the steal, bounces around, goes up for a dunk, and then gets blocked by the guy who just got blocked by De'Aaron Fox, Will Barton. So it's bouncing around. Two seconds left. Buddy healed for the Kings. He comes up, tips it in. Buzzer beater, good. Kings win. One, is it 124 to 122? 124 to 122. And they run out, and he runs into the locker room. It was Scenes' fantastic win for them. He led the way Heald did with 22. De'Aaron Fox and Harrison Barnes had 21 apiece. Good for Harrison Barnes. You know, I think um, when he was on the Warriors, he was just a really good squad player, uh, and people didn't think that he could be a superstar. But, you know, with Fox, Barnes, and then now Buddy Heald, I mean, you know, you got a solid three pieces there. They can, you know, continue the offense and things like that. They've got they've got a solid team as well. Um, I don't think that the Kings can really compete with the other guys in the West, but we'll see, man. We we shall see. And I and um after Darren Fox got that extension, I am really curious to see like to watch him play this year. Because when his name when I got that notification on my phone, like when he got that extension, I was like, okay, Jason Tatum, I completely understand. Donovan Mitchell, like, okay, you could convince me that that makes sense. But when Darren Fox's name came up, I was like, wait, what? That that was a head-scratcher for me. But again, the Kings don't get a lot of, you know, they don't get any, like, coverage. 
And, uh, you know, I haven't really watched a lot of him, a lot of, um, I haven't watched them, him play like really at all. So it could make sense. Very briefly, I want to talk about the Nuggets though. And Nikola Jokic, the Joker. Oh man, I think I'm going to get his jersey. I I'm going to do it. I will do it. Um, even if it's just to hang up in my room. I love watching this guy play. 29 points, 15 rebounds, and 14 assists. That's a trip dub for the big man. And that'll be plenty more of those. Jamal Murray, who was excellent in the playoffs, their point guard, he's going to get a fat extension too. If he Actually, he might have already gotten it. But he had a rough game, only one of nine from the field. He had nine points, though, got to the line seven times. So he stayed aggressive. He has no fear, which I like a lot about a lot of these young point guards, like Jason Tatum, Jamal Murray, Donovan Mitchell. These guys love the moment, love the spotlight, and so he kept going out there. But, yeah, he was just kind of off his game in this one. Um, that is it for all the games on yesterday. Biggest takeaway from the opening games, uh, the Nets look very good. Brooklyn, I think Karis LeVert is – could be the sixth man of the year. Uh, the Clippers are going to be competitive along with the Lakers. Some teams to watch out for this year. You got the Suns, the Hawks, and the Pelicans. And then maybe a team that could surprise a lot of people is the Sacramento Kings. Uh, so, yeah, early predictions. I think that the Lakers will probably make it to the Western Conference Finals. I Who they're playing Probably, I think the Clippers get it right this year. For the Eastern Conference, I think the Celtics against the Bucks this year. Who wins the whole shebang? I like the Lake Show to two-peat. They just seem like they have a ton of depth. But, again, it's early. So that's my early predictions uh, for whoever's, who's going to win the big thing. Tomorrow we got Christmas games. We got, let's see, five of them. So nine in the morning as you're opening the presents. This is specific time for all these games. The Pelicans are going to be taking on the Heat at 11.30. We got the Warriors taking on the Bucks. That should be a good one. Uh, James Wiseman, if you haven't seen him. Well, I mean, if you didn't watch the game, if you haven't seen him, he's a rookie. If you didn't watch the game on uh, Tuesday, he was sensational in his debut. Um, and I, I expect that the Warriors will eventually they'll figure out life without Klay Thompson. They did last year, but they didn't have Seth Curry. So now they have Curry. He had 20 points and 10 assists in his opener. So, I mean, they'll figure it out. They're very, they're very well coached. And then they're taking on the Bucks. obviously. Chris Middleton coming off that great game. At 2 p.m., the Brooklyn Nets, they take on the Celtics. This should be a fantastic game. Looking forward to this one. Uh, at, at 5 o'clock, we got Mavericks. We got Lakers. Luka Doncic, if you have not seen the kid play, settle down around the U-log, turn on the television, and watch the Lake Show with LeBron James, Anthony Davis. Take on the youngster, the 21-year-old phenom. What he does with the ball is just sensational. He just makes it look so easy on offense specific. He, he, he works hard, right? And obviously he's out there busting his ass. But when he – the European players, they just – they flow on offense. They just make it look so simple. That's why I like watching Jokic so much. And we get to watch him at 7.30 Pacific time, way late. We'll probably be asleep, you know, stuff from dinner and, the you know, so excited from the presents, things like that. But we got Paul George, who had 33 in his opener, taking on the Joker. 
who had the triple-double I just talked about. Uh, yeah, watching Doncic and Jokic, the European studs, they just they, – they, they don't – they don't panic. It's everything is just like a fluid motion on offense. It's a it's a dance, if you will. Like it's 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 honestly it sounds kind of like you know <laughs> I can't say the word I want to say, but <laughs> like that's kind of um yeah that's what it is. Oh man, that's terrible, John. Don't even why even think that. <laughs> okay, anywho, uh, those are the games on Christmas Day tomorrow. Tune into those if you haven't seen them. Should be a lot. Basket Hoops back, baby. Basket Dude is back. Basket Hoops is back. All right, let's shift to the NFL. So, jam-packed NFL weekend, of course. We have a game tomorrow on Christmas Day, and then we have two on Saturday, and then we got the rest on Sunday, except for the Monday night game, of course. Last week, we were okay. 11-5. and five. Uh, I shouldn't have picked the Saints. But, you know, if Drew Brees plays better, I, they actually might get that. If Drew if Drew Brees plays better, he completed less than 50% of his passes. And then if Michael Thomas is playing, I think that they maybe pull off the upset. But, you know, the pass in the pass, 11-5, still good. I still have a great record for the season. So, yeah, it's fantastic. All the lines I'm using, as always, are through, or all the odds, I should say, are through ESPN. We were great on the bets last week. Uh, 11 and 5, good on the picks. Let's keep it going. And here we go. So, Friday, December 25th, that is manana. And we have one game at 1 30. We got the Vikings, the 6 and 8 Vikings, taking on the 10 and 4 Saints. New Orleans is a seven point favorite. So, because it's Thursday, normally the full injury report for the NFL comes out on Friday. Uh, so I'm not really going to cover injuries in this preview because it's not it's not like a definite thing. Although there are some players that I know are going to miss, and so if it's one, if it's like if it's news I've already seen, then I will cover it. In the Vikings case, uh, still no Eric Kendricks, their linebacker, and they've been missing him and their tight end Kyle Rudolph, who again still busy with Santa. It's Christmas Eve, of course he's not going to be available on Christmas Day. He's going to be exhausted from helping Santa with the presents. And that's a terrible joke, but I don't care. Christmas Eve, baby. And it's a, this is the fantastic, oh, I, I forgot the name. The Christmas Eve Bonanza episode, okay? So, yeah, bad puns are allowed. So, yeah. <laughs> For the Saints, no Michael Thomas. He's on the IR until the playoffs, right? You have to when you go on the IR, you have to miss three weeks at least. So he's done. He'll be he'll be back come playoff time, and that's when they need him. Um, New Orleans will take care of business here, just because their defense is really this. You know, as much as we love talking about Drew Brees and that offense and Alvin Kamara and all the weapons that they have there, their defense has really been the story this year. They've been sensational. Again, this sounds weird, but they gave up. 32 points to the Chiefs, and they played a fantastic game. So at home here against Kirk Cousins, I think they're going to be able to get it done. Now, this could be closer than people think because the Vikings have had the Saints number these past few years. They beat them in the playoffs last year, and then in the playoffs, and last time they met in the playoffs, we had that walk-off to Stephon Diggs. So they normally play the Saints pretty well. They play well in that dome. So anything could happen here. 
All right, and then Saturday we got two games. The first one here, oh, three games, excuse me. The first one, the 9-5 Buccaneers, they take on the 5-9 Lions. Detroit um, is still without Kenny Galladay. Tampa Bay, uh, they will not have Ronald Jones. They are, though, a 9.5-point favorite. And despite my opinions of Tampa, they're going to make the playoffs and they're going to win this game. Now, what I want to see is the Bucks start a game well and then play well throughout throughout its entirety. They haven't done that this year. They always have to come back from behind. And they could be again because the one thing Detroit's done all year is start quick. They've always been able to score on their first or second drive the entire year. It's crazy to watch, but that's what they've done. And then normally they suck in the second half. Or the, the Bucks suck in the first half, and then they normally are a lot better in the second half. That's been their MO. So if they can start early and actually have a complete game, then maybe I can start taking them seriously as a potential Super Bowl contender. I just don't see it, though. There's no way, even if I – mean, there's just no way. T- Tampa would have to win three road games to make it to the Super Bowl. I just don't see it. They win this weekend, though, against the Lions. And then at 1.30 on Saturday, we got my team – the San Francisco 49ers, and we've been through the ringer, man. All I want for Christmas is no more injuries, if that's possible, but I don't think it is. So we travel to – actually, we don't travel anywhere. We've been playing in Arizona, and so we're going to be continuing to play in Arizona, we, but we are going to be the away team this time, taking on the 8-6 and six Cardinals, and they are a five-point favorite. So Nick Mullins, he has to have Tommy John surgery, which, I mean, that's just fantastic. Love that. So that's a bummer. Uh, you know, I, I was harsh on Mullins. I really was. I, I, I said he's irresponsible with the football, which he is. But he owns up to his mistakes, man. And nobody and he's he's a baller. He really is, you know. He, 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 he competes. Even though he's not, you know, a starter in the league. He, he's a good backup. He's a good locker room guy. Jimmy Garoppolo is back practicing, but he's not cleared to play this game. So it's going to be C.J. Beathard under under uh, under center for us. And he he was okay. He had that Hail Mary pass last week against Dallas. Um, you know, so we'll see. He's also irresponsible with the football. But, you know, anything can happen. Uh, the story, though, for the Niners that we signed Josh Rosen from Tampa Bay's practice squad. Uh, for those of you who don't remember Josh Rosen, he was drafted by the Cardinals, went, I believe, 3-13 and or something like that, and then he was cut by the Cardinals, went to the Dolphins, sucked there, and then he was on Tampa Bay's practice squad. So I don't think he's gotten a fair shake, and by all accounts, he doesn't look like a very good quarterback, but who knows, man. We're getting him for basically nothing. We signed him to a one-year deal. Uh, Jimmy Garoppolo's kind of been injury prone these past two years. So, you know, it, I mean, if anybody can turn him around, it's it's Kyle Shanahan. So on paper, I'm not a huge fan, but he probably won't see the field as long as Jimmy Garoppolo's hap- um, healthy. But, you know, it's, we we're going to probably need to bring in a quarterback or draft one. I imagine that we're going to still pick up a guy in the draft this year or next year. Um, but, yeah. So that, that was the only other piece of news. Um, there's injuries. I'm sure there's going to be, like, so many people out. We might get our center back this week, which is fantastic. For Arizona, 
they're relatively healthy still. Uh, I'm going to pick the Cardinals at home here. Again, they win out. They're in the playoffs, so they're playing for a lot. Uh, this could be a tough game, though. George Kittle is also back for the Niners this week, which is a huge um, addition. So look for him to come out with a ton of energy. The team's going to be energized because of that, too. Uh, so, yeah, uh, this could be a very close game, but I'm still going to take the Cardinals and get it done. Uh, we The defense for the Niners has really struggled against the mobile quarterbacks. And uh, last time these two played, which was in week one, Kyler had a field day along with DeAndre Hopkins. And they're both firing on all cylinders right now. And then the Saturday night game, we got the Miami Dolphins at 9-5, and five, taking on the 7-7 seven and seven Raiders. Miami is a three-point favorite. So with Las Vegas, Derek Carr, he had that groin injury on last Thursday. But he's been practicing all week, so we could see Carr. But if he's not 100%, then Marcus Mariota might go in there. And honestly, he looked great. I think he proved that he could still be a starter in this league. So don't be surprised if Mariota goes to, I don't know, maybe a Jacksonville, uh, you know, well... No, if they pick Trevor Lawrence, then he'll probably play. But off the top of my head, I can't really think of other – maybe Denver, the Broncos, if they don't think Drew Locke's the answer. Uh, so, yeah, Mariota could get a contract somewhere. He really could. For Miami, the defense has been fantastic. I don't know if I mentioned, but they're a three-point favorite in this one on the road. Uh, without all their weapons last week against the Patriots team, they still found a way to get it done. Uh, so, yeah, I like the Dolphins here. Um, Tua has been very – um, accurate with the ball. Again, his comparison is not like Kyler Murray or Russell Wilson. It's more like a Drew Brees where, you know, he's a shorter guy, very accurate, doesn't turn the ball over, only one, well, two interceptions this year uh, for him, which is great. And Brian Flores relies on his defense and doesn't put the rookie in um, a position to where he could make a lot of mistakes. So, I like Miami here on the road. The Raiders' defense is just abysmal, and the Miami's defense just isn't. Like, they're very good. All right, let's move to Sunday now. First game here on the docket, we got the 4-10 and Falcons coming off a brutal loss again. They're taking on, and what's the best way to rebound off a brutal loss? Play the best team in the NFL, the Kansas City Chiefs at 13-1 and in Arrowhead. So that sucks. Uh, the, the Chiefs are a 10.5-point favorite. You take the Chiefs here. Julio Jones, I believe, is out again. He's got that lingering hamstring injury. So they, they have, their problem's not, not been moving the ball. The problem's been, like, we can't move it in the second half. That's been their issue all year. So if they find a way to do that, then they'll be all good. I don't know if they can, though against the Chiefs, but this is another game where if they don't blow out Atlanta, I mean, a lot of a lot of question marks. Again, I, I talked about it a lot on yesterday's episode too, but, you know, they are just so dynamic on offense with Patrick Mahomes, Travis Kelsey, Tyreek Hill, the other speedy guys like Hardman and Robinson. You got Clyde Edwards-Alaire, Le'Veon Bell, and Andy Reid making the plays. They're just so incredible in offense that it makes up for a lot of bad things. They are not playing great football right now. Six straight games that have been decided by one score, and they shouldn't be. So I think if this game is close, it only just like 
keeps confirming what I've been saying this past month is that like the Chiefs like are playing with fire. And I eventually they're going to get burnt. And I think it could happen come playoff time, maybe AFC Championship or the second round when off their bye. I really think it could happen. Who knows, though? They're going to win this game regardless. Go Chiefs. We got the 10-4 Browns. They're taking on the 1-13 Jets. Cleveland is a 9.5-point favorite. So their line got banged up this week. They're going to be missing two players there, but their rookie that stepped in last week at right guard, he was fantastic. Cleveland's going to take care of business here. Uh, it's in their hands to win the division now. So they're going to get it done. Baker Mayfield is feeling dangerous. He is on fire. Um, Nick Chubb, Kareem Hunt, we know about them. The best one-two punch in the league. They are phenomenal. I mean, Nick Chubb made the playoffs, and he's probably going to have over 1,000 yards rushing, and he missed six games this year. Incredible. For the Jets, they showed last week that, hey, man, we're, we're going to compete. We didn't want to go 0-16. And behind Frank Gore and Sam Darnold, they got it done against, you know, a solid Rams team that was sleeping on them. So, you know, they're at home here. I don't know if the Jets will have fans. It's in New York, so probably not. Uh, but, you know, look for them to be competitive again. Although they're going to be without their defensive tackle, Quinn and Williams. I believe it's his third year now. Could be his second year. He had a great game against the Rams last week, but he's done for the season. So that's a huge loss for them. Take the Browns. Don't be, don't be dumb. Don't write. If you picked the Jets last week, kudos. Just take your money and go home, all right? <laughs> Next game, and I'm very interested in this one. We got the 10-4 and Colts. They're traveling to Pittsburgh to take on the 11-3 and Steelers. I mentioned this yesterday, but it's also a home game, so it doesn't really matter here. But no more dancing, dancing for Juju Smith-Schuster. He will not be dancing on the logos any longer. I love the Colts um, here. I mean, the Pittsburgh Steelers have not shown anything offensively, and the Colts have a great defense. Um, I don't understand why the line is only Indy minus one and a half. I, I think the idea is that the Steelers got embarrassed last week and they're going to come out with a ton of energy, which could happen. But I, I don't know how you fix all their problems. They can't run the ball. They can't stop the run. Indy has a great offensive line that can run the ball, and they have a great defensive line that can stop the run. So I, I, I just don't see a way where the Colts don't win this game unless Rivers has one of those patented multiple turnovers early. That Because the Steelers' defense, despite the fact that they've had so many injuries at their linebacker position, which has hurt their run defense, they still got a ton of great players. T.J. Watt, Cam Hayward, both those guys pro bowlers. Although the other defensive tackle on the other side, DeForest Buckner, he got robbed. I do not understand. Let me see if I can find this graphic. I thought I took a photo of it, but I might not have. This is insane to me. Now, he's a former Niner, so I, I already kind of have a bias. But how is he not a pro bowler? There's a couple guys that got snubbed. Another one, um, a rookie who's near and dear to my heart I've talked about a lot, James Robinson. He is third in the league in rushing, not in the pro bowl. But here, here we go. So Calais Campbell, Casey, um, Casey, Calais Campbell, Cam Hayward, and Chan. Who is that? Um, somebody. Oh, C. Jones. I'm blanking on his name. I don't know who that is. But why am I blanking on his name? I have no idea. But they are all in the Pro Bowl, right? So just I'll do a side by comparison because they're both playing in this game of Cam Hayward and DeForest Buckner. So Cam Hayward, who was in the Pro Bowl, has 24 solo tackles, three sacks. 
17 quarterback hits, five tackles for a loss. No forced fumbles. DeForest Buckner, who has not made the Pro Bowl, 33 solo, ta- 33 solo tackles, seven and a half sacks, two forced fumbles, 24 quarterback hits, eight tackles for a loss. I don't understand, and I think he's going to play with a ton of energy, and I think the Colts are going to get down the road here. I really think this could be a route. I'm very confident about Indy in this one. Again, I, I, I feel like they're a really good football team. I think that I'm I, – I feel like I am alone in this. I, 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 don't, I don't get it. I think the Colts are playing really good football right now on both sides. They're getting into a groove. They have, a great, they have great special teams. I don't understand it. I think I'm like I think I'm like the highest on the Colts in like almost every article I've seen. I I really don't get it. After this week, people are gonna be like, "Oh my God, Indy eleven and four. But still, I I, mean, I just don't understand it. I like go Colts here. Maybe maybe I'm biased because of Philip Rivers and DeForest Buckner. I don't know, but I love Indy in this spot. The Steelers they're just falling apart. I don't see, and I really want a Week Seventeen Brown Steelers for the title. I would love that. The 7-7 seven seven Bears, Dub Bears, they had a good win last week against the Vikings, got it done. Uh, they're taking on the 1-13 Jaguars that now hold that number one pick in next year's draft. There's been no signs that they're going to intentionally lose or tank. Uh, their head coach has come out and said, Doug Marone, like, that is not what we're going to do. We're going to go out there and try to win football games. Chicago is a 7.5-point favorite. They have figured out offense now I am scared because that is a huge number it really is and the Jaguars have been able to move the ball this year but again we're playing for potentially a playoff spot we're going to need some help from Arizona though Uh, but if we win out then we have a chance and so it starts this weekend Chicago take care of business all right I don't want to be coming back here on Monday I'm freaking out because you couldn't beat a 1-13 Jaguars team please don't do it unless the Jets paid you under the table to uh you know take the L, then I would understand. But if not, then you better win. Trubisky, please no turnovers. Just keep giving the ball to David Montgomery, who has been on a tear these past four weeks. Just keep doing that. All right. The five and nine Giants, the G-Men, who uh have been really they've been skating down as well. They are taking on a red hot Ravens team at nine and five. Baltimore is an eleven point favorite at home. So Joe Judge came out this week and said that Daniel Jones is our quarterback. He's just been a little bit banged up, so I expect him to be ready to roll. Another guy that was snubbed, by the way, uh, Robert Tanyan for the Packers, their tight end. Evan Ingram got got a Pro Bowl spot this year. He has one touchdown uh, reception. I believe Robert Tanyan has 10, and he didn't make the Pro Bowl. I don't get it. I really don't understand how the pro bowling thing works. So yeah, three snubs that I don't understand. James Robinson for the Jaguars was a thousand, almost 1100 yards rushing in his rookie year, undrafted third in the league. Robert Tanya into his 10 touchdowns. And then DeForest Buckner, who has better stats than Cam Hayward and Clayus Campbell. So I just don't get it. Oh, Chris Jones is the last guy I was stumbling over for the Chiefs. I'm an idiot. Anywho, the Ravens are going to win this game. They're red hot. They are on fire. Lamar Jackson has been on a tear running the ball and passing it. Marquise Hollywood Brown, he's up to 700 yards receiving now and five touchdowns. He's been, you know, 
these past few games, they're getting it going. He also has 50 receptions on the year. So, yeah, they're cruising. They're well. They're a well-oiled machine right now. They are getting healthier on defense, too. I like the Ravens at home to get it done. The three 10-1 Bengals coming off a great win. They have to travel to Houston to take on the 4-10 Texans. Houston is an eight-point favorite, and they should be. Again, Houston is one of those teams that just doesn't – their record does not do them justice. They are better than 4-10. Deshaun Watson, Deshaun Watson, excuse me, is having an, I mean, I want to say like an MVP-like season because, I mean, it really is. He has been sensational. He's got almost 40, okay, so let me see here, 4,134 yards passing, which is second in the league, 27 touchdowns, only six interceptions. He's completing 70% of his passes. He is everything. He is, he's doing it all. He's all on his own. He had some help from David Johnson last week. But, man, you got to give this kid more support. And I hope that they'll find the right GM and head coach to do just that. Um, I really hope that they can find a way because I love watching Deshaun Watson play. And I hate to see him struggle and, I, and you know, his, his career get um, shorter because his team is off. That's, you know, that I would hate to see that happen to him because he is great. Um, the fact of the matter is, oh, it just changed to seven and a half as I'm recording this. That's bonkers. Yeah, so Houston minus seven and a half. That's, 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 oh yeah, <laughs> that's weird. That's crazy. Uh, some of the lines change. And again, it's Thursday, so there is going to be some movement depending on, you know, what site you use as well. But the lines are, you know, normally it's about, they're a point, a point and a half, unless some injury happens, like a, like, say Deshaun Watson wasn't playing in this game, and the line would move drastically, you know? What the Bengals did last week was special. I think part of it was they were fueled by playing a division rival, but then also Juju Smith-Schuster dancing on their logo. No more dancing, Juju. Uh, so I just don't see them with, with, fit, with Ryan Finley getting the job done. I'll take the Texans here. It makes a lot of sense. They're, they're again, better than the record would suggest. We got an AFC West showdown. The 5-9 Broncos, they're taking on the 5-9 Chargers. L.A. is a three-point favorite, as they should be. Uh, the, the, these teams met earlier in the season and it ended on a walk-off touchdown to K.J. Hamler, where the Chargers blew a ridiculous lead. That could happen again, but I'm going to take Justin Herbert after the Broncos just gave up 48 points to a Bills offense. I think Herbert... And that team, they're playing for their head coach, Anthony Lynn, right now. The defense is playing with some energy. Herbert's getting the job done. My, my, my one suggestion for Anthony Lynn, don't put, don't take the ball out of Justin Herbert's hands. You did that last Thursday against the Raiders, and you almost lost the game because you, because of that. He was wheeling and dealing against the Raiders, and then all of a sudden you're like, oh, let's let's start running the ball more. Let's Let's, uh, you know, not not let Justin Herbert keep slinging it for whatever reason. So, yeah, don't do that. It's okay to beat a team by by multiple scores. You're allowed to do that. It doesn't have to be a walk-off field goal or a walk-off touchdown or anything like that. You're allowed to win by more than seven points. Give it a try this weekend. See if you like it. I'll take the Chargers at home here to get it done. The 4-10 and ten Panthers, they're taking on the 6-8 and eight Washington football team. Washington is a three-point favorite for this game. This is tough because we had the Dwayne Haskins 
situation a couple days ago where he was he was either at a strip club or at a party with his girlfriend and there were strippers and he had no mask. And so, you know, um, unfortunately for Washington, Alex Smith looks like he's still not going to play. He's got a lingering calf injury. So, and Dwayne Haskins has been taking the first team reps. So he's going to be the guy. Also, um, bad news is that Antonio Gibson, the rookie running back, who they have missed severely. They really have missed him. He has 11 touchdowns for them this year. Uh, he was practicing in a limited fashion this week, and he might be he might be ready to go, but it's probably going to be a game-time decision. I've been going back and forth on this all day, and I think that there's also, like, with all the chaos that's been going on in Washington, uh, there was news with Dan Snyder, their owner, where he's threatening a lawsuit of other executives because they're trying to force him to, because he feels that they're trying to force him to uh, give up his ownership. So there's all this other chaos. Then your quarterback's in the news, this, that, and the other thing. I really want to like I, I want to stick with Washington because, you know, Ron Rivera's done a great job, but I'm leaning Carolina. I really am. Panthers played well last week. The defense got five sacks. And so I am going to take Matt Rule and Carolina here, even though this game doesn't mean anything to them. Even though Washington, with a win, they probably secure the NFC East. I'm still going to take Carolina. They've been playing well. Um, they've been competitive all year. So I will take Teddy Bridgewater, a quarterback that has not been in the news um, in a negative way this year. I'll take Carolina and their defense that's got over to the quarterback um, to, to upset Washington at home here. And I and I think part of me wants like a spicy NFC East finish, which it always is. So I'm going to get it regardless. So I will take Carolina on the road against Washington here. Speaking of the NFC East, we got the four, nine and one Eagles taking on the five and nine Cowboys. Philly is a two and a half point favorite. It's another game I'm back and forth on. I really don't know who, I'm gonna, who I want to pick. I, I don't know at all. Um, Jalen Hurts looked great last week against Arizona, but I think that was more like the Cardinals making a ton of mistakes. The defensive line for the Eagles though is a big deal. Um, Dallas is playing a lot better. They're fighting for their coach as well, kind of like the Chargers, where, uh, you know, the start of the season was not great. The defense did not show a lot of heart, but now they're playing with energy. They forced three turnovers last uh, last week against the Niners. I mean, that was more on Nick Mullins, but still, three turnovers are three turnovers. Uh, so, yeah, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take the Cowboys at home here. Again, I don't, I don't like that. The fact that he even said that sentence like really disgusts me. But I mean, this is like picking between like <laughs> to quote South Park, like a, a douche or a turd sandwich. Like I, I, I don't win. This sucks. Like you know, no matter how you slice it, it is awful. Um, you know, like a, a turd or a polished turd. So I guess I'll go with the polished turd, and I'll take the Cowboys at home to get it done. Last two games here, and these are both going to be fantastic. We got the 9-5 Rams taking on the 10-4 Seahawks. Seattle is a one-point favorite. So here's my breakdown for this one. The Rams just lost to the Jets, and it was probably the most embarrassing loss of any team all season. I mean, it's, it's, it's absurd. A 9-4 team losing to an 0-13 team, it was crazy. When you lose that way, 
like an embarrassing loss, or you get blown out, and you're a great team in the NFL, your next week you play with your hair on fire. I bet that this Rams practice this week was the best practice they've had all season. They're going to come out with a ton of energy. The defensive line is going to keep Russell Wilson under pressure all day. That's the one weakness of Seattle is their line play is not great. I think Aaron Donald is going to have a fantastic outing like he did the last time these two teams played. Although the Seattle's defense, I will note that, they have gotten a lot better since these two teams last met. So this has the makings to be one of the best games all year. Like It, it, it could be fantastic, but I am going to take the Rams on the road here to get it done. I think that Sean McVay is a better coach than Pete Carroll. He's going to get his guys ready. They're going to come out with a ton of fire, ton of energy after being embarrassed last week. Seattle's offense right now, they are not firing on all cylinders. And so I think with that, in addition to the Rams defensive line and their secondary, Jalen Ramsey completely shut down DK Metcalf last week. That's going to be interesting to watch because Metcalf's going to want revenge. I'm pumped for this game. It's an afternoon game at 1.30. I am going to take the Rams here on the road to get it done. And then with this win, they go back on top of the NFC West. And then last but not least for Sunday night football. Another great game. Good games this weekend. A lot of playoff implications. We got the 10-4 Titans. They're taking on the 11-3 Packers. Green Bay is a 3.5 point favorite. This is a huge test. For both teams. I'll start with the Titans. Can you get after the quarterback? If you don't, you're gonna be screwed. You don't have you you won't be able to you won't be able to win this game at all. And so I think the key thing for Tennessee in this game is to start hot. Put the Packers under pressure. Go out there, score a touchdown on your first drive. Maybe the defense gets to stop. You go up 14 zip early, you know, start to Put Green Bay kind of in a box. Then you expose the Packers' weak weakness, which is being less physical. They can't. They struggle against the run. If you go out there on your first drive, Derrick Henry gets about 30, 40 yards. You go down, score a touchdown. Defense maybe gets a stop. Go down there again. Derrick Henry runs it down their throat. Game could be over. Really could. So that's the key for the Titans. For the Packers, like I said, can you bounce back if you get punched in the mouth? Because historically, they get punched in the mouth, they get out physical, they get outworked in the trenches on both sides of the ball. You know, offensively, they you know they can't run the ball, then they, they lose there, and then defensively, they allow the other teams to run the ball. They get out physical, get punched in the mouth. They normally just collapse and fold like lawn chairs. Can you, in this game, if that happens, if you go down early, can you bounce back from that? Can you, can you not just shrink and just coast the rest of the way and just get boat raced by Tennessee? Because they're a very well-coached team, and on offense, they're dynamic. We talked about Ryan Tannehill yesterday and that ridiculous stat where he like has a, like 67 touchdowns, only 11 interceptions, and a 112 quarterback rating since week seven of last year, which is number one in the league. Better than Mahomes, better than everybody. And so they have the firepower. And so if he can stop the run against the Titans, you know, and slow them down a little bit, 
I think that you'll be able to get it done. My pick for this game, my prediction is that the Titans are not going to be able to start up Aaron Rodgers. And he's just going to sit back there and have a field day. And so I will take the Packers at home here. I think it could be I think it could be a blowout. I really do, because that is my huge concern. Is that the Titans defense and their I mean their secondary is not great. And then their pass rush is non-existent. I think that those two things are more important than the Packers being able to stop the run. So I'm going to take Green Bay at home here to get it done on Sunday Night Football. And with that, those are all my picks. Now let's get to the bets. So last week we were fantastic. Camo. We were 5-1-1, one, and one, so... I mean, we were almost perfect. We were fantastic. So that's what we want to do. We want to duplicate that success. So here we go. As always, I give you five bets that I like and then an upset bet. If you're feeling, you know, feeling a little frisky, feeling a little froggy, you know, come holiday time, you know, maybe had a little bit too much eggnog. You're thinking, oh, you know, I think this could be an upset. That's my upset bet. That's what it normally goes like. So here we go. Number one, I like Miami minus three on Saturday against the Raiders. 20 straight games that Miami's defense is forced to turn over. The Raiders' defense is in shambles. Jonathan Abram might not play again. Their safety. That, I mean, if he's out, it's a huge loss for them. I like Tua here, you know, to not turn the ball over. He's in control. Like I said, Brian Flores does not put him in positions to fail. They get some weapons back this week, too. Mike Kosicki, Devontae Parker, Miles Gaskin is coming back from the COVID list. So the offense is exposed. This could be a blowout early. I like Miami minus three. Number two, Indy minus one and a half. Now, the past couple of times I've said this, it's been to my detriment, but I'm going to say it again. This is my lock of the week. My Indy minus one and a half. I cannot believe the line. I really can't. There's this idea that, you know, the Pittsburgh Steelers are going to come out with their hair on fire, and they very well could. I just don't trust their offense at all. Big Ben is extremely old out there. They haven't been able to throw the ball deep as of late. It's been a lot of dink and dunk down the field. They can't run the ball at all. They had some success last week, but that was against the Bengals. Now you're playing one of the best defensive lines in football with the Colts, and your run defense – for the Steelers, it's been non-existent. And the Colts these past few weeks have been running the hell out of the ball with the rookie Jonathan Taylor with some Naheem Hines mixed in as well. T.Y. Hilton's getting hot. Zach Pascal's getting hot since his return from injury. Phil Rivers is playing well. Not a lot of sacks allowed. That'll be the key test. If the Steelers do have a chance in this game, if they get after Rivers because he's not very mobile, T.J. Watt's going to have to have a minimum of two sacks, I believe. So, yeah, I love the Colts here. I think they're the better team. All the way around. And they only have to win by uh, two points? Uh, yeah, I'll take that. So, yeah, my lock of the week, Indy minus one and a half. Next pick, next bet here, Dallas plus two and a half. These games are normally pretty close between the Eagles and the Cowboys. Um, the Cowboys have actually been playing really well these past few weeks. Andy Dalton's looked in charge. Uh, C.D. Lamb. And Michael Galpin getting more involved. Amari Cooper had a quiet week last week. Uh, that was his. That was their, their goal to shut him down. But yeah, the rookie C.D. Lamb has been sensational, along with Michael Gallup down the stretch. Uh, uh, the the story in Dallas is Tony Pollard as well. 
Um, second year running back for them. He has been sensational. He might get the start over Zeke. Uh, he he was really good last week. He gave them a spark, and they're playing really good football. So at home, the defense has also been playing energized. I like them to get it done. Um, frustrate Jalen Hurts at times. Demarcus Lawrence, you could get a really good pass rush against that terrible Eagles defense, which allowed five sacks last week. So, you know, I like it. I mean, this game's going to be close. It'll probably come down to maybe a field goal. I imagine the line could maybe go up to, you know, maybe three, three and a half. So, yeah, I like the Cowboys here to win a close game at home against the Eagles. Also, they're playing for something, right? I mean, the Eagles would need everybody to lose. And if Dallas gets in, they go to six and nine. If the Giants and Washington lose this weekend, they're right there in the hunt. They're right there. Fourth bet. Rams plus one. I already kind of went on the spiel a couple minutes ago, but when a team, when a really good team gets embarrassed, especially at home, they're going to come out on fire with something to prove the next week. It almost always happens. I think that, like, Sean McVay is too good of a head coach to allow them not to, to have a solid week of practice to come out there with a ton of energy. I also think it's a really bad matchup for Seattle. You're playing one of the best secondaries in the league, or playing the best secondary in the league, in my opinion, with one of the best corners in Jalen Ramsey, who's going to be covering DK Metcalf. I think he'll get the better of him again. Against a really solid defensive line with the best defensive player, Aaron Donald, and a really an offensive line that's been struggling, and an offense altogether that has been lacking. So I like the Rams here. It's going to be close. I like them to win a close game on the road, get it done. Hungry Dog runs faster in this case. I think that the Rams, after getting embarrassed, are going to go out there and win. I will add a caveat to this game, though, because Jared Goff could come out looking like dog shit because he has been that. But I expect him to have a good week of practice. I expect Sean McVay to also not put him in situations to where he could fail. So I think, I think it's important how they start this game. If the Rams go behind early, then Jared Goff might have to be put in situations that could cause him to make some mistakes. And so, again, there's the, these last two games here, the Rams-Seahawks and Titans-Packers, the team that starts out on fire is normally going to – I mean, you can say that for most games, but, like, it's really important when you have two, like, evenly matched teams. The team that sets a tempo early normally can snowball that to a win. So I like the Rams here to come in on the road, set the stage early, and get it done. And then my last bet – I foreshadowed this one as well. Green Bay minus three and a half. Uh, I I think that Aaron Rodgers, after last week, is was extremely frustrated, and they're going to come out with something to prove. A lot of people have been saying like you're not physical, you're not this, that, and the other thing. And the Titans' pass rush is like I said, it's not it's non existent. They don't have one at all. They really, and that that's their Achilles heel right now. Because the offense is great. Again, Tennessee has the most points scored this year. But, you know, Ryan Tannehill and, and King Henry can only do so much. If your defense cannot get the Packers off the field, they're one of the teams that have the best time of possession in the league. They hold it for a while. They sustain long drives. If Tannehill and King Henry are sitting on the sideline all game, then there's nothing that they can do about it. And so I think that's going to be the story in this one is – the Titans not getting after the quarterback. So I'd like Aaron Rodgers and the Packers here to win. I think they're going to win by multiple scores. I really do. They're going to come out hot. But this could be a really great game. 
could be back and forth, but I do like Green Bay to win by at least four points. Last but not least, my upset bet of the week. I've been really good on these. I think I've I think it's been five in a row. I'm a little nervous about this week. Uh, there were talks of maybe like Jacksonville plus seven and a half, but I don't like that. I think the Bears have been playing too well, but it is the Bears. Um, I thought about maybe Jets plus ten riding that hot streak, but eh, no bigs. Atlanta plus minus ten and a half was entertaining, but the Falcons um, have not been awful. I thought about the Niners plus five, but I actually think that they could just win that game outright. So I don't really think of that of a, think of that as an upset, especially with George Kittle coming back. But the pick I decided to go on to go with was the G-Men plus it's moved to ten and a half. I'll still take it. Uh, the Giants plus ten and a half. Uh, so the offense has been the story these past couple weeks for the Giants. Um, their defense has been outstanding. In that Arizona game, they kept them in it. I mean, they were fantastic in the red zone. I believe, if I remember correctly, the Cardinals were 2 of 7 in the red zone. And a lot of that was the Giants' defense just being a brick wall down there. Last week against the Browns, it was 20-6. to 6. Uh, Once again, their defense kept them in the game with Blake Martinez. And they were also missing their best corner, James Bradbury, who should be back for this game. He missed because... He was a uh, close contact to a family member who had COVID. So I like, again, they're also playing for the the NFC East as well. This game means a lot to them. I mean, both teams need it. I think Baltimore will win this game, but I could see it being a defensive struggle. Uh, The Giants' defense is no joke. They're like a top 10 defense in this league. They are great. If Daniel Jones and that offense can figure things out, then it'll be better. Uh, Jason Garrett was not there last week. He had some COVID stuff. So he wasn't calling the plays. He'll be back in this one. So I think that there's a world where the Giants can keep it close. They only have to lose by 10, which I think that they can do. I think it'll be a low-scoring defensive struggle, um, or it'll be a blowout. So I'm just hoping for the former, not the latter. So, yeah, I like Giants plus 10.5 in this one. All right, that is going to do it for the bets. Just to quickly recap here, I got Miami minus three. My lock of the week is Indy minus one and a half. Dallas plus two and a half. The Rams plus one. And then the Packers minus three and a half. And then my upset bet of the week is the Giants plus ten and a half. Now, it is Thursday. Just another reminder here. These these lines could shift. Also, depending on what site you use, I use ESPN. They go through Caesars Sportsbook. In Vegas, uh, if you're using Fox Bet, I forget what casino they use. If you're in, like, you know, if you're using FanDuel, that's completely different as well. So, you know, but the norm, the number is normally, you know, give or take, like, half a point, one, like, from, like, half a point to one and a half point, like, either side. That's normally, like, what it is. So, yeah, that's, that's normally the give when it comes to the odds. And, you know, again, Sunday morning, they could be a little bit different. But the number is going to be relatively the same. And with that... I think we're done. That concludes the uh, super mega ultra awesome Christmas Eve holiday bonanza. Thank you so much for listening. Hey, I really do appreciate it. Uh, you know, this year has been crazy with all the COVID shenanigans, but uh, I think it's important to still, you know, recognize what, 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 what like the positive things that happened, uh, what, you know, things that maybe, I don't know, you read or maybe, uh, you know, we were healthier this year. 
took some steps towards that or like you know maybe had some like started doing yoga or something like that i don't know maybe just caught up with some old friends from either like high school which uh which i did a little bit or maybe like reconnected with some people in college or some family members over zoom calls things like that so yeah i think it's just really important to kind of focus on little things um i for one um feel very blessed that i live in the best country in the world the us of a and i think it's not even close and yes we have our flaws and our mistakes god knows we have them but uh still i mean compared to the rest of the world i think we do a pretty damn good job so i'm very thankful for that uh if you enjoyed this episode of the christmas eve bonanza feel free to share it with friends family co-workers uh your delivery drivers please be nice to them um, they have families too, obviously ones that they care about. Uh, but yeah, with that, have a great Christmas if you celebrate that. Happy holidays. Otherwise, go watch some sports today. Or Well, is there anything today? There might be some college football. Go watch some sports. Go watch some basket hoops tomorrow. Go watch some football on Saturday. Watch football on Sunday. Should be two great Sunday night. Should be a, two great games late in the afternoon: Seattle and Seahawks, Rams, and then the Sunday night football game: Packers, Titans. So yeah, just go watch some sports. Have a great rest of uh, your Christmas week, and I will see you in the next one. Peace, happy holidays.